Hi, and welcome to episode number 164 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by FanBooster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by clicking the link in the show notes. And you can find the show notes at onlinedrea slash 164. I'm so excited about today's guest, Sarah Mikatel. She is an American expat based in England and believes freedom is about more than getting on a plane. It's about becoming the heroic version of yourself. As a certified clarity and performance coach, Sarah blends the ancient wisdom of the Enneagram and Stoicism with modern psychology to help clients live lives that set their souls on fire. And today we're going to kind of marry those two conversations, this idea of Stoicism and understanding what makes you work and how to navigate the wild, wild west that is all things social media. Before we dive in though, I do want to remind you that we have a free course. Did y'all know this? We have an absolutely free course. If you're not in the Savvy Social School, it's like the Costco sample size version of what you're going to get in the school. We've got the strategy. We've got the training. We've also got some amazing just grab and go, steal our social media posts, the graphics, the captions, everything just ready. Uh, served on a platter for you. So head on over to onlinedrea.com slash free to grab that free course today. You can also find the direct link at our show notes. Again, that's onlinedrea.com slash 164. And with that, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you because honestly, we have been online friends and real life friends for a while And I feel like you have such a brilliant way that you look at the world. And so I'm excited to bring that to the podcast. Can you start us at the beginning of your journey? How did you get into becoming a coach? Because when I met you, you were in the podcasting space originally. So talk to us about what that journey looked like for you. Sure. So my background is in marketing in communications, actually, and writing. And I'm from the United States, but I've always loved Europe. And so I've spent the last 11 years here, first in Italy and then in England. And the very first podcast that I created for myself, well, and I'm still doing this, this travel expat focused show featuring other women who've packed up everything to start a new life abroad. And I love having those conversations, but over time, you know, I wanted to evolve the show and have it be more about well-being and, you know, so still talking about travel. And I actually renamed my show Live Without Borders. So it could be a show that's taking people beyond their geographical borders, but then also like the limitations that we put on ourselves. So really helping people break through blind spots and things like that. And Going back to the coaching question, so I um, got more and more into the podcasting space. I have a show called Podcasting Step by Step, and I love teaching people how to podcast. But something that I kept seeing again and again is that it's not like the technical complications that hold people back from podcasting or putting yourself out there in any way. It's more of the mindset issues like, I don't know, do I even have something worthy of saying? Who am I to do this? I'm not even sure like what my mission is or what like I, what I really care about. And so that's what led me to be a coach. Like those are the questions that I love helping people like figure out and just transform their lives with. So that is, that's the road that I ended up, how I ended up here. 
Oh, I love that because I think it is really hard to put yourself out there online and it's not just the technical piece of it, right? Like, so considering your background in podcasting, it's not just, you know, what app do you use to edit? What microphone do you get? It goes deeper into what do I even say? Will people even want to listen to me? So I love that you've gone down that route. What attracted you to stoicism specifically in the first place? So for anyone who doesn't know what Stoicism is, let me just give you like a really brief 101. So Stoicism is a 2300-year-old philosophy that started in ancient Greece. It's having a bit of a resurgence now because it's a tool that can really help people become less anxious, less overwhelmed, you know, more in control of their emotions. And that's what it was back then. But it's essentially a philosophy that says, you know, be a good person, essentially live a life of good character. Don't worry about the things that are beyond your control, which are most things. And yeah, so that's what really drew me to Stoic philosophy, just the fact that how peaceful it can make your life, how much compassion it can bring to the world. So I would say I'm kind of naturally Stoic. And I found myself in Athens, Greece, which is the home of Stoicism. And that's when I really started to learn more about the philosophy and just how it was a philosophy about love and compassion. And it really just resonated with me. And the more I learned about it, the more I got into it. And a lot of people don't know that modern cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like the best known evidence-based psychiatry that people can get really um, transformative results out of, that all, all of its foundation goes back to stoicism. And I was like, wow, we had all of these amazing tools more than 2,000 years ago, and we kind of lost that and so I like being part of the voice that's helping to to bring back these tools for people. Yes. I love this kind of deeper learning and understanding of human psychology just in general, because we're seeing reflections of it on social media, you know, especially in the past, what, 18 months or so. And even in the past, like four years on social media, we have seen this emotional reaction very publicly and collectively on social media. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of what you're observing on social media collectively, and then we can talk about what can we do about this, especially as business owners who have to use social media as a tool to market our business. So talk to me a little bit about what we're seeing on social media right now for, at a very human level. Yes, at a very human level. So I think there are certain people who think that unless their emotions are not taking <laughs> the better of them, that they don't care enough. Like I need to be wildly angry or wildly upset about this. And I need to like throw in people's faces every single day. And <laughs> that's actually not a very effective way to communicate. And it's also not healthy for you. And I just want to differentiate between uppercase stoicism, which is the philosophy, and the lowercase stoic adjective. So when people say somebody is very stoic, meaning like the lowercase stoic, they're talking about like stiff upper lip type who doesn't really feel anything and, you know, they're a rock. And stoicism is all about emotions. But the point of it is to not let your emotions 
take control of your life. You know, it's about getting control of the negative emotions and then letting the more positive emotions flow. So that's a really important distinction. It's not about not having emotions. It's about not getting carried away with your emotions. So back to social media. Yeah, you've seen that people have a lot of rage. There's a lot of finger pointing on the left and on the right. Some people who consider themselves to be the most progressive and virtuous online are the worst because they are just spending their days talking about how great they are, what books they're reading. If you don't think like they do, then you are a fool and you're not changing hearts and minds. So I think people really need to take a step back and say like, what's my objective here? Do I actually care about making the world a better place? Because I'm not changing anybody's mind by yelling at them. Oh my gosh. Yes. I want to like take this clip out and just plaster it everywhere because (laughs) that is so true. I do find that because of social media and the way that there's this like bandwagon jumping mentality, it's almost like if you are extremely vocal and passionate about a specific topic, you're almost under attack because you haven't said enough or done enough to show how much you care. And I think it's very harmful potentially because it's not that, you know, the feeling is there's nothing wrong with that feeling. It's the fact that we are almost expected to showcase it in a way that is somehow pleasing to everyone else when that's not really the bottom of this problem, right? Like take the Black Lives Matter movement, for instance. It's your actions internally and in your own local space that matters the most. It doesn't matter how much you talk about it on social media. That should be like the very last thing on the list. And instead, it's almost like the very first thing people look for. You have to somehow flaunt it in order for people to actually believe that you believe something. Well, I think this is something that we feel we have to do, like we're all caught up in it. But I think a lot of people (laughs) feel like exactly like you just said, like, oh my God, I have to do this or everyone's going to be mad at me. When I think the silent majority is like, I would love to have a conversation where I could ask questions and not be afraid that people were going to shout me down. I think that's the culture (laughs) that we need to have to to change. And I would also love to see an end of the teardown culture that I'm seeing again, especially like in the progressive space and like online marketers are the worst lately for doing this, where they will see somebody who maybe made one mistake, said something maybe they shouldn't have regretted it. But then other people who are observing this are like, oh, well, she's the worst. I always knew, like I always knew she was bad. And then in the threads online, their followers will be like, oh yeah, I totally agree. She's the worst. And it's like, whoa, we're not really standing up for (laughs) female entrepreneurs in this space if we can't give anyone any grace to fall. It is fascinating to watch because it's almost the reflection of what we're seeing in celebrity culture as well, in that celebrities can't stumble or fall or say the wrong thing. They will be torn down. We're seeing that happen in the online marketing space as well. And I'm not saying these issues aren't issues. Like there are definitely some things that we need to address in the internet marketing space, but tearing someone down is not the way to address it. That's just my opinion. I think there's conversations that need to happen, but I'd be curious on your opinion, how can we as individuals approach certain situations like that, especially if we're going to monitor our own 
um, emotional reactions to what's happening in the online space. Yeah, I think that we need to get curious to start. And this is like what the Stoics would say as well. So the number one question, like say you come across a social media post and it's something politically you disagree with. What's the outcome that you want in this conversation if you choose to engage? I think that's a question that a lot of people do not think about. (laughs) People automatically respond without much thought. So what's the outcome out of here? Do you actually want to change this person's mind or do you want to have like a little dopamine boost that you yelled at somebody today? I think like if you feel strongly about like wanting to have a conversation with this person, then get curious and start asking them questions. And this is what the Stoics would say as well. You're not finger pointing at them. You're like, oh, tell me more about this. What makes you think this? Or like, where did you, where did you hear about this? And, you know, I'll give like a modern example of something happening now, like people who don't want to take vaccines. And people talk about that on social media as well. Well, somebody who's very pro-vaccine could say, well, you're an idiot and you're risking all of our lives and, you know, you're so dumb. Whereas the vaccine whisperers, as they call <laughs> call them, I don't know if you've heard this, but there are people who are like going out and trying to talk to people who are vaccine hesitant. And they're asking them questions like, oh, well, well, what are your concerns about the vaccine? And then the person can start to get into it. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, that's reasonable. Like if I were in your situation, I might think the same thing. And, you know, it, coaching them essentially. So we all need to just be online coaches when we're engaging in social media. And this goes back to Stoics as well. Like, you know, Socrates was all about questioning everything and Socrates came before the Stoics, but the Stoics really admired Socrates' philosophy in that. So just asking questions, getting curious instead of letting your anger rule everything. And you also don't have to respond to every social media post. <laughs> you know, Remember that. You can just keep on scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I wish that more people would embody that. But I, I want to point back to something you said earlier about the silent majority I do think the majority of people do keep scrolling, but it is a guilty pleasure sometimes to go into the comment sections and just see the wildly varying opinions of people basically shouting at each other and not having that curiosity, as you mentioned. They're just sharing their opinion loudly and in a way that really isn't as open and as receptive to change as they think it is. So I think that's fascinating. And the idea of curiosity, I find is very hard for adults specifically because it's almost socially conditioned out of us. I know you talked about the questioning side of things a little bit, but what other tips can you give us as we're scrolling through social media, you know, especially if we see something that we personally feel incensed by? What are some of the things internally that we can address first before asking questions to other people? Yeah. Well, I like that you said internal. Uh, And this is another stoic thing. So, and I just want to throw out some things that like people think are modern, but are actually quite ancient. So meditation, gratitude journals, all of that type of stuff, the stoics were doing this. Like this is not a new invention. So I think we just need to train ourselves to be less reactive. So we should be journaling. We should have a meditative practice and get ourselves just into a normal, like good baseline of being calm. But then another thing that the Stoics would say is recognize the triggers in your body, like the sensations that you feel when something like really makes you mad or gives you anxiety. So like pause and feel what you're feeling and then question that like, all right, 
what is this feeling? Like, what am I really angry about here? So just like noticing those triggers, recognizing what's happening in your body, and then also getting curious with yourself. Like, well, what is this making me think? Is this bringing about other things? And is what I'm interpreting even reality? I think a lot of things that tick us off don't even have any basis in reality. And so two important stoic phrases are, it's not the things that happen that upset us, it's our impressions of things. So for example, let's say I'm walking down the street and some stranger gives me a dirty look. I could start reeling. Like I could start feeling anxious in my body and like, oh my God, I could just got this dress. I thought I looked good, but this guy looked like meanly at me. And now I assume I look terrible. And that could like ruin my day, this tiny little interaction with a stranger and cascade. And like, I could ruin other people's days with my bad mood. Or I can just step back and be like, was that guy even looking at me? Like, let's take a pause and and question these things, right? And And let it go. And also the other big question is, is this in my control or not? You know, I can't control who this guy is looking at. So we just need to question ourselves before we start reacting and jumping into politics. And then another thing I'll say is the Stoics would say people aren't intentionally acting awful. Like in their minds, they're correct. And that's like a very powerful thing to reflect on. Like this guy's probably not trying to be a jerk. He just assumes that he's right. So well, <laughs> we can assume that maybe he's ignorant if we really believe what we believe but he's not trying to do evil, right? And so that helps release some of the fury. Oh my gosh, yes. Everyone thinks they're right. I think that's just like the definition of a comment section. But it's so true just going through life and like living life is that everyone is looking at their own situations and believing that all of the facts are correct. And this is something I've personally been exploring lately as well with meditation and thought work and just kind of examining why my human brain interprets things that in such a way to like make a whole story about it that may or may not be true, but I am just accepting it as 100% fact and true because my brain is telling me it's true. When in reality, it's a story that my brain made up because it's a very complicated organ up there. And it's trying to protect you. Our, our body is our friend. You know, it's trying to help us out, but we get caught in these looped patterns that don't really serve us. And we dig in and we assume kind of that other people are viewing the world exactly as we are. And that's a reason why I like the Enneagram as a growth tool so much, because it teaches us that there are at its core, nine personality types, a lot more nuanced than that, but like nine different unique ways of seeing the world and being motivated and have their own patterns and blocks. And when you realize that other people don't think like you and they communicate in a different way and they have a different way of how fast they can take action on something, uh, some different levels of conflict avoidance, <laughs> we know that one, Andrea. When you realize that people have different experiences and are actually like literally viewing the world in a different way, that can also be like, oh, I had no idea that that person was like looking at this another way. So another, that's another question to ask yourself. Is my truth like the only truth or is there another way to look at this? Mm, okay. This brings me to one of my questions, which is about this combo move of stoicism and Enneagram that you've applied to your coaching practice. 
Um, and I'm glad you kind of brought up the Enneagram way. What are some of the lessons we can take from Enneagram and look at that through a social media lens? So you kind of touched on this already, but understanding that other people kind of move through the world in different ways and yes, avoid conflict in different ways. Um, so how can we apply this to the social media perspective? Well, I mean, we'll have to do a whole nother episode on the Enneagram, but just as like a quick example, type ones, like Enneagram type ones are types who kind of see like rooms for improvement wherever they go. And they have a really loud inner critic. Like we all have like some kind of critic, but theirs is like, is quite loud. Like you should be doing better. You know, why aren't you doing this? And it, this lens can also go to other people sometimes like, well, why isn't this person doing this? And don't they know that they should do this? And their version of helping can often sound like criticism. Like if I was type one and I'm like giving you all this unsolicited advice, Andrea, <laughs> it could sound to you like, oh my God, she doesn't think I know what I'm doing like say you're posting on social media and in the comment section, I'm like, well, actually, have you thought about like X, Y, Z? And in my mind as type one, I'm like, oh, well, I just want her to succeed. And in your mind, you'd be like, oh, she thinks I'm dumb. So just like recognizing in your character in this scenario, <laughs> recognizing that you don't know my motivations. We all have different motivations for what we're doing. So like try to assume positive intent when you can. Don't assume that when people are engaging with you, they're criticizing you or that they dislike who you are and like the life you're living. Some people just have legit questions. You I mean, obviously there are trolls out there <laughs> who are like really cranky and hate everything, but there are also people who are just like, oh, what you're talking about is totally new to me. I'm curious about it. Yes. And there's that curiosity word again, which I love. I, I really wish we would lean into that more as a human race <laughs> on social media specifically. <laughs> And I do see a lot of this happening on TikTok where it feels there's like a little bit of an innocence there still and a bit of a, that curiosity, like, what am I going to watch next? I'm just mm -hmm. going to assume the best of people. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that that catches on a little bit more. I'm curious, you know, we've kind of talked about this stoicism and Enneagram in a broader sense. And I'm curious about how it applies to you and your business, because I know that you've had some hurdles to get over for yourself, kind of like putting yourself out there. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, I would say like when I first started podcasting, that that really furthered my personal development like by a long shot because, you know, I... I like creative things. I got my MFA in creative writing, but a lot of this was like very solitary things that I was doing on my own. And then to open myself up to wider criticism and to literally like put my voice out there was quite scary. But Stoics would say, you're capable of doing hard things. <laughs> and that's like something that you need to do in this world. Like don't cozy yourself up and want to feel like safe and warm all the time because you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're doing a disservice to society because you have something to offer the world and it's your duty to actually go out there and do it. And they practiced doing hard things, doing things that kind of embarrass them a little bit just to prove to themselves that they can handle it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that's the beauty of being a business owner on social media. And I'm seeing a lot of this happen with video because video is dominating the social landscape. When we think about platforms like TikTok, 
kind of changing the the scope of things in the sense that Instagram now has reels, YouTube now has shorts, Pinterest now has idea pins. And so when we think about the prevalence of video showing up everywhere and a lot of business owners hesitating to be on video, I feel like some of these practices could really help them kind of put themselves out there a little bit more. Yeah, that would be a stoic practice. So I give this challenge to anyone who hasn't done video yet. Maybe start small. Do a story, an Instagram story, which can last 15 seconds. If you decide you really don't like it, you can take it down, but it will come down in 24 hours and give yourself that little challenge. And I have found that like any challenge, and I did this challenge myself. And the more you do things like this, the more you challenge yourself, the more you become resilient. And, you know, down the road, you're like, oh, I can't believe that even concerned me. Like, I think nothing of that now. And I do think nothing of that now, (laughs) like doing an Instagram story, that's nothing. And then it's on to the next challenge and it's exciting and fun. And so, yeah, I, I encourage people to push their limits. Oh, I love this. I love this. Okay. So what, let me ask you, what are you pushing your limits with right now? I'm always doing something. So for me, it's really important to talk about my values. And that is something that the Stoics said as well. Like you really need to be living your values and get clear on what your values are. And I think the content creators listening to this podcast, you know, that that's something that they should really spend some time thinking about as well. Like what are your values and how are they showing up in the content that you're creating? And also be thinking about like, who inspires me? Not just the content they create, but the way that they're living their lives, the way that they're showing up online, and what can I learn from them? And actually put those into practice. Like, what values do they have that I think are amazing that I really want to live in myself? And so something that I did recently, I've been speaking up on certain topics that I know I'm going to get hated on, but there are topics that are important to me. And I feel like it's part of my contribution to the world to talk about. And so I did actually an episode on one of my podcasts recently about cancel culture because the Stoics would say cancel culture is bad for society because you're shutting down conversation. You're When you assume you're right and you tell everyone else to shut up, no matter what the issue is, you are not getting the world you want. You're just making other people be quiet and resentful. And if you actually want to change society, what you need to be doing is fostering that curiosity that we've been talking about and dialogue and asking people why they think the way they are. And, you know, when you hear like different podcasts where people actually have enacted change, you know, I've heard a great one recently. I'll, I'll like get a link for you. But there was a black man, a musician who ended up playing in this bar where all of these white supremacists were going and they kind of liked him because they liked the music but they were like, whoa, I can't believe like I'm listening to this musician. And he actually sat down with them and got curious with them. And he got so many people to leave the KKK because they learned like, oh, the way I have been thinking has been wrong this whole time. But if he was just like, F you, like, I never want you coming to this concert again, you know, just think of the impact that he had because of the way that he lived his life. So anyway, I did a cancel culture episode and I knew that I would get ripped to shreds and I did, but it was still important for me to share that message. And, you know, I'm only human, so I still, as much as I'm into stoicism and all of the wonderful benefits, it's still hard sometimes when people are throwing shade at you, but that's how I'm stepping into discomfort. 
<laughs> I love this. And I'm going to link to this in the show notes, onlinedrea.com slash 164 when this episode comes out, because I think we all need to go listen to this episode about cancel culture because it is potentially very, very damaging. And I love the story that you shared as well, because it leans into that word curiosity again, and it shows the impact of being compassionate to your fellow humans, even when you don't that you like your values are vastly different and you don't agree with them. And so much so that it could be potentially harmful to you, you know, still showing up at that level of curiosity. Oh, interesting. I love that. And brave on you for approaching the topic because you could get canceled for talking about cancel culture, which feels ironic. It's so ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Sarah, this has been such an amazing conversation. Do you have any final questions or thoughts that you want to leave us with today? I would just encourage everyone to take a step back, as I said, and if you like are feeling something that's like really making you furious, just get curious with yourself. You know, I really believe in stoicism as like a healthy way of living. So get curious, what is bringing up this anger and just really like sit with it instead of trying to like bury your anger, which doesn't work because it will pop up. That's like another important stoic thing. Like we're not burying anything. We are like thinking about what's happening with us. Is this thing that's really ticking me off? Is this in my control or not? (laughs) If it's not in your control, let it go and move on. This is especially things that happened in the past. Like if you cannot change that, we need to, we need to move on. So that's, that's what I would say. Beautiful. I love it. And for those people who are listening, who want to connect with you further, where can they find you online? Well, my website is sarahmicatel.com, but if that is too hard to spell, the same link will get you there, livewithoutborderspodcast.com. <laughs> and I'm at sarahmicatel on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my social time these days. Yay, perfect. And we'll put the clickable links with the show notes as well. So definitely check those out. Sarah, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. I always love seeing you and this has just been so fun. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will be coming back soon with another episode helping you get further faster on social media and understanding the how and the why behind all of the things we do as business owners and content creators. So make sure you're following us on your favorite platform. We are on them all. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, follow us everywhere. Leave us a rating if you like the show. We could not do this without your support. We have maintained the top 100 spot in the marketing category on Apple Podcasts. And it's because of you, dear listener. So thank you so much for your support. We will see you next week with another episode. Bye for now.